recorded on October 25th, 2022. Time to vote. Welcome to the Push Ahead Podcast, the podcast that's all about pushing the political conversation ahead, not pushing back. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm Shelby. And I'm Pamela. And we're here to talk about the debates over the past week or so. And it's almost time to vote. So remember. It is time to vote. It is time to vote. Yeah. Yeah. Last time to vote. Yeah. Bring your friends. Knock on doors. If you know someone who's registered and happens to be maybe a Democrat. Bring them. Make sure they go to the polls, yeah. please. Yes. But first, we need to address the elephants in the room. There were some fun ones this week. It was weird in the lead up to election season where Clarence Thomas temporarily blocked a subpoena of Graham to testify in events that his wife may have had a hand in. So I'm going to be real. I've been distracted. I'm reading these topics for the first time, so I can't wait to hear what you guys have to tell. Yeah, no, Clarence Thomas, his wife has already testified before the, or met with the January 6th panel. They have voicemails and recordings of her in Arizona and I want to say Wisconsin. Well, so go ahead and say Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin trying to get them to change the vote. I'm sorry, unless you don't talk to your wife at all when you get home, you're kind of directly involved in some of this. Say they don't. Yeah. So the reason it ended up on his desk is that the Supreme Court is not currently in session. Yeah. And so emergency subpoenas like this that are time critical and they can't go anywhere but up, the only place that Graham could have appealed to in this case is the Supreme Court. And Clarence Thomas was in charge of the circuit court of that covers Georgia. So it's not like it was engineered. It's not like it was shady. He just, yeah, it's a conflict of interest and he hasn't recused himself. And he could himself. have recused himself and somebody else would have handled it. Yeah. There's five other ones that probably would have done the exact same thing. Actually, I don't know. Barrett surprised us this week. Didn't she rule some way? Yeah, yeah so she did. Uh, yeah, so we're seeing the college in, loans. Yeah, so we're seeing the individual justices kind of stake their own opinions during these emergency appeal opinions. And so this will go to the Supreme Court, the larger Supreme Court, once they can reconvene, but his opinion still stands. And so even if he had overturned it, that would have that could have been overturned once the emergency session met. And so they're going to all reconvene. Although I am seeing legal experts agree that it's not in the Federalist Society's best interest to protect Trump anymore. So it is unlikely that the Federalist Society judges that were appointed, Amy Coney Barrett, what's it? Yes, yeah, Senior Boofer, all those guys are probably not going to protect Trump. Florida's. So back to this. Yes. So tell me about the subpoena. In Atlanta, the lovely, I want to say DA of Georgia, oh no, DA of Fulton County, Georgia, is looking into this election stealing probe because there are recorded calls yeah. from Trump. A perfect phone call. Why was yes. Lindsey Graham subpoenaed? Because he did too. He called. Okay. Yeah. He was in this whole lovely act of pressuring lawmakers. So he was part of the influence operation trying to disrupt the legal. But I will give mad props to the Supreme Court for one thing. Trump asked the Supreme Court to intervene and said that it was not time sensitive. 
because stall. Two days later, the Supreme Court came back unanimously and said, nope. Yeah, this was the other, the document probe. Yes. Stop having it, stopping the investigation of it. And the Supreme Court said, no, you got to comply. But they have temporarily blocked the subpoena. Lindsey Graham. Yeah. Yes. So Mr. Jowley gets to stay wherever he is. I don't know what. Carolina. Yeah, probably South Carolina in between sessions and have a nice fundraising November until the Supreme Court reconvenes and probably sends him down to Georgia. The devil's going down to Georgia. Yeah. I think he's really like the devil's aid. He's not really a devil. Come on, Georgia. Yeah. Speaking of the devil, Steve Bannon got He four is the months. devil. <laughs> he is a devil. Yeah. yeah, he is one of them. He is definitely not the light bringer. Ew. He is a devil. He got four months for contempt of court. I mean, that is ridiculous. You carry around an illegal amount of marijuana, you're going to jail for more than four months. Yeah. yeah. Four months for contempt of, was it contempt of court or Congress. contempt of Congress? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's totally, he's going to jail, which, so his main defense was that this was an opportunity for the judge to rewrite the powers of Congress and say that contempt of Congress doesn't carry any judicial weight. And the judge said, nope, you're going to jail, buddy. And he got four months. And Nancy Pelosi is baiting Trump. And it's awesome to watch. How is she baiting Trump? Oh, called him a coward on live TV That's saying. Baiting. That's just stating a fact. Yeah. It is stating a fact. But when Nancy Pelosi is saying something and the base who hates Pelosi is like, you need to shut her up, blah, 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 blah go and prove you're not a coward because that's he's a narcissist. Anything where she's questioning his prowess. Oh, you mean because he's avoiding the January 6th? Yeah. Yes. So she called him out. So we have four months of no Brandon. That's good. That is great. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he'll find a way to drop podcast episodes through his lawyer or something. He's a dangerous man. All right-wing media right now is a dangerous. Yeah, so speaking of dangerous right-wing males, apparently there are voter intimidation watchers in Arizona. So there are photos of people who are parked in their their truck beds and they're sitting there with masks because now they can mask up. And they're fully... (laughs) talk about this? Was this in the American Life? Did Mm -mm. we talk about this American Life last time I was here? No, it was like last week. It was only when the polls opened. We didn't know about this one. We talked about this American Life. Right. Which was watching the watchers. We did because I listened to it. Right. And this is more of that. Yeah. yeah. Now they're coming fully armed yeah. with AR 15s. I promise you, they were armed before. Oh, yeah. But standing in front, they of didn't have anything to watch because the polls just opened. Yeah. So they're doing what? They're fully armed next to the drop off ballot box. Now, at least in Florida, that is illegal. You're not allowed to carry a weapon. It is illegal in Arizona, too. It's illegal almost everywhere. Why are yeah. they getting away with it? They're not. There's oh. been six cases right now that they are looking at into. Yeah. Right oh my now. God, this is going to be the next. You people are trying to take over the new world order that's part of the universe, that's part of the invented COVID, and blah, blah, blah. And now you won't let me stand in front of a Dropbox with my gun. Yeah. Yeah. Those big babies. <laughs> so I mean, you already have the craziest Republican, I think, that's running. For governor yeah, in Arizona. Arizona. I will say there's finally something I can say about Florida. At least we're not Arizona. Oh, yeah. Boy. I was able to say it about education spending, at least we're not Alabama. But now we can say politically, at least we're not Arizona. There's there's an old saying. It's decades That's old at this point. It's a pretty low point. bar, though. Yeah, That's there's an old saying decades old that says, thank God for Mississippi. 
And now politically, we can say, thank God for Arizona. Now, Ron DeSantis, I know you're listening to this. The fact that I'm comparing you favorably to Carrie Lake does not mean shit. I'm sorry. But it does not mean anything because Carrie Lake is cray. Certainly not. She's not only not the sharpest sharp. She's smart, but she is a lunatic. And so Ron DeSantis is better than Carrie Lake. Okay. She's the sharpest knife in the play school. Even though... (laughs) Yeah, I haven't heard her voice, but Ronnie's voice. She has a great voice. She really does. She came from broadcasting. And so So there's a phone number to call. There's okay. I do want to put this out there that you've seen graphics out there. They're generally square graphics. And it's if you see voter intimidation, call this number. It Uh, says pod save America on it. It means it was from the 2018 election. Yeah. So there are one of these from 2018, the blue background with the white text. So if you see that it's old, it's from the 2016 and it's from a different region as well. If the slightly more accurate one is the white background with the black text that says to call your regional FBI office. The numbers I listed were from a voter group. This is just Arizona. Yeah. No, this is for everybody. Okay. From a voter group that their whole nonprofit is to make sure elections are free and fair. So they listed the national hotline of 866-OUR-VOTE, which is staffed by volunteers that can steer you in the right direction and help provide guidance of what to do. And then they also gave out the DOJ line. Right. Because ultimately this is enforceable by the FBI, but it's by your local field office. If you call up the FBI number on those graphics, you might end up talking to someone in New York or Oklahoma or just not near you. So look up your local field office. Call for this and get the DOJ involved. What's the number again? For the nonprofit that monitors elections, 866-OUR-VOTE, the DOJ direct line or toll-free line is 1-800-253-3931. We do also have a voter protection team on a state level with an attorney working for the state party. We've got really smart people here working on that. Tell you all more about that when we get to talk about local elections because interesting things happening there. So we are... Moving on past the elephants. We haven't quite gotten all those elephants out of the room yet. So go vote to make sure that they're gone. Yes, please. But I'm still picturing people standing with weapons in front of the drop boxes. Okay. Yeah, it's not pretty. No, it's not. Something that we're seeing is an increased political divide. And more and more Republican campaigns are talking to Republicans and Democratic campaigns are talking to Democrats. And nobody's trying to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. And so the last piece of communication to those in the middle are the mainstream media debates, which the Republicans are pulling out of because they perform terribly in and they're not addressing their core audience of MAGA supporters. So we have had a couple of limited debates, limited as in one of three instead of. And I will say in both of these instances, the Democratic candidates actually wanted more. Yes. The Republican candidates would not do them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the Democrats wanted to speak to the people in the middle and the Republicans wanted to go back to their bases. Yeah. And in the state, that's why they've built the state the way they have so that they don't have to do a lot of communicating across the aisle in order to win elections so they don't bother. Yeah. We've created this temperature for the last four years where there is very little middle ground anymore. Even the NPAs, they're basically decided. Yeah. I think anybody that is registered to vote, except a small minority, 
probably knows who they're running for. But I wasn't debates. super, so I wasn't super enthused by Val Demings. I think that she came across a little bit overscripted. Yeah, I was there. It was actually, I just told you guys, it was really funny that I got a call yeah. that afternoon saying, hey, can you get down to West Palm? And I was like, heck yeah. Raced all the way down. It was a very quick hour. I will tell you that. I'm like, we're done. And then I walked out and drove home. It was cool to be there. And Rubio had a lot of supporters there. It's Trump land. And Rubio was very smooth and very relaxed. I was looking forward to the guy that couldn't give the response like he did in the Obama's years. And he basically, he lied in a lot of things and he avoided a lot of direct questions. Like when they were talking, direct question from the moderator. Will you, if you were given the opportunity to vote for a complete abortion ban, would you do it? And he said, the only legislation I've ever signed has been blah, 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 blah. Because that's all that would pass is what he would say. That's all that would pass. And he never answered it. Val did try to get it back to making him answer the question. He still wouldn't answer it. So I think when she was prepared, she was great. But when there was a question she wasn't comfortable with, she did come across as very scripted. Her attacks were very scripted. I just liked her calling him out because no one does. He doesn't listen. No one on any TV because he refuses to go on TV where they're going to make a fool out of him. Where did she call him out that you liked especially? I loved the list of the shootings. Yeah. When is that going to be enough? And when she said a woman's right to choose and he went off against viability, what does that mean? Yeah, really? He was prepared for all of that. He w- yeah. His responses were ready and at his fingertips. Now, I think his points were pointless and I think she was really making good points, but I agree with you, Jamie. I don't think she was as, I think maybe, I don't know whether it was nerves. I've never seen her being nervous before. The other one. Maybe I- is, the reality is, there's a lot. There is only one debate, as we said. Right. So this is your only chance and you're not leading in the polls close. So knowing this is it, that's a lot of pressure to put on a person. I also like that. She said, I don't know when you started to have to lie to win elections, which is true. Yeah. But the, what I didn't like comment scripting was the very common. Yeah. uh, How, how gullible do you think Floridians are? I heard that six times. Yeah. Like that stopped being a good comment. But she's still Val Demings. Yeah. Yeah. She's still better than Rubio. In radio chats, I saw, I love me some Miss Val, but this is an Orlando-based radio station. So I think she has mixed support, at least in Orlando. I'll tell you, she's a lot of support in Orlando. She was the yeah, police, she chief was a police her, chief. Her husband's the mayor of the county. I will say he was actually much more nervous than you might have noticed. So his wife was sitting two rows in front of me, directly in front of me, two rows up. And every time he gave an answer that was decent, he would look at her and say, did you good, mom? (laughs) It was so funny to watch. I'm like, he is literally looking to her for approval, which Seth told me he was really nervous. Oh, poor little baby Marco. I know. Poor Marco. I need my wife. It was like, do you see that? Do you see that? Do you see that? Did you see how I dunked on her? (laughs) Look, mom, look. Yeah. It was an odd thing. It was a little tick. But it was exciting to be there. I think I was... They didn't get a wrap up, really. It was just like their last question and they were done. And the moderator, not the moderator, but the, because uh, the, I never remember which rules or what. The guy that was doing the questions was one thing, but there were two panelists. And the one was really angry because they gave Marco more time to speak than they did Val. Yeah. Noticeably more time to speak because Marco took it. He was very skilled at controlling the time. And then with stark contrast, you have the Chris DeSantis debate where it was actually built. To make DeSantis look good. It's a Sinclair company. If you don't know what Sinclair is with the news media, they have little bits and blurbs that any host has to read. And they are all right wing. 
They are all misinformation. And this is who ran the debate. And what happened? Charlie showed up. Yeah. He, DeSantis showed up looking someone doing a bad impression of DeSantis. <laughs> I think that it's going to be crippling for him when he reaches the national stage and people have to listen. You're right. Yeah. It's, I'm actually, the idea of him being a president terrifies me. Yes. But the idea of the rest of the country having to deal with him and him being completely shot down, because he will be. He is, he, the pugilistic behavior that comes across with a, with, I think he's a Yale-educated Navy jag. That's not how he speaks in normal life. No. I think somebody said, this is how you talk to sound, sound like you're relatable to the beer drinking people. Yeah. And so that's what he's trying to do. And he's not quite getting there. I can do good words. Yeah. No big words from me. I I'm know just, better than this. I'm just Florida Ron. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's just, and he is, I, I, he's, his authoritarian instincts kick in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which make him just dig in and look like a little toddler throwing a temper tantrum. I've literally witnessed him remove people from press conferences. So and and, Chris and did bring that up. And Charlie is Charlie is very polite and yet very knowledgeable and not afraid to fight in a debate. I, I've always liked watching him debate. Right. It did obviously frustrate DeSantis because he went back on the lovely old adage that is completely untrue and completely false. They want abortion up to the time you can give birth. Yeah. Really? You can still suck a thumb. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. If a woman goes 40 weeks... There's a term called, it's, the medical term is DNC. That's when the baby dies. There is no doctor here that will ever kill a living well, and baby that I don't know survive. a single politician that would want them to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's more important that the doctor won't do it. I don't know anybody asking them to. Yeah. yeah. It's just a common phrase. It's a straw man. Yeah. A straw man is where they set up the opposition in a position that they're not actually taking, so that way they can easily knock them over as yeah. if they were a bundle because of straws. Didn't not come over, did it? No. So tell me what you saw. So I the bits that I saw, Charlie Crist was, I believe, very much in control of himself, in control of the answers, in control of the situation. He came across not polished in a bad way, just he came out on top, I think, where someone watching... 63% of the viewers agree with you. Yeah, yes. Someone watching who wasn't obsessed with Ron DeSantis and his cult would have recognized that Charlie was just running circles around Ron. Yeah. It's so much so that Ron called him the old donkey. Yeah. Which I'm like, I heard that and I just burst out laughing. I'm like, that was so obviously he'd written this three weeks earlier. I can't wait till I can say this. I'm going to say the only oh, old donkey. Oh, it's going to be, can call him an old donkey. And it sounded like a 12 year old. Yeah. I've been saving this for you, Aunt Susie. Ah, and it was so dumb. And then Charlie's response to that, of course, let me see, saw this today and I just loved it. Nice joke if you're a 14 year old. And then Chris said, Ron, will you serve a full four term? your term yes or no and DeSantis just stood there like with an awkward look on his face for a full minute of silence a full minute so yeah it's a nice joke I only old donkey I'm here to take out is Charlie Crist and then that happened that was his somewhat comeback it was so juvenile I have five grandsons they rage in age from 15 to 2 I've heard all the stupid jokes that there are that was one of the dumbest. That was dumb. I don't think that even our kids who still laugh at fart would like that. At least fart jokes are funny. Yeah. yeah. It was just dumb. And the fact that the crowd clapped at that, I'm like. The one thing that I if did. they called him 
an old sun worshiper or at least whatever they could have paid. For. But yeah. that was just Make dumb. Unique. Yeah. Yeah. The audience was pretty unruly. There were several times where the moderator was like, please, you were supposed to stay quiet through this whole thing. Yeah. And you had women calling Ron DeSantis a liar. It was great. Yeah. So the unruly crowd, actually, it made the rounds on Twitter today that after being pressed by Charlie Crist about would you stick around for four years? That so Charlie Chris started off by saying you talk a lot about Joe Biden and then he launched into his pokes about four years, four years, four years. And Ron DeSantis eventually came back. And when he finally had an answer to would you be around for four years, he said our borders problem. We had our borders under control. And then Joe Biden and then the audience laughed at him. That's such a dumb argument anyway, because the reality is if we're catching more people than we did under Donald Trump. It's because our borders are more secure. Yes. Not less secure. And that's what they keep saying. We caught 53 criminals today. Awesome. That means we're catching them. <laughs> so I like. Let, and by the way, Florida's borders. Yeah. Georgia, but, Alabama and Louisiana. Let's be serious here. There are states that do have genuine border yes, concerns absolutely. because they do have land borders with other other countries. And then there's us, where we have to round up people who show up in boats. We have ports. California has ports. New York has ports. No, he had to go to Texas. Yeah, he had to go to Texas to find people who crossed the border in order to do some sort of performance art that's now getting him under federal treasury investigation. And the state of Texas. Let's also talk about this. That if he, by some horrible twist of fate, is our governor on November 9th, he will the next day... Filed to run for the presidency. Yes. Not, you don't run for the presidency in six months. It's not like he's going to be around for two years. He's going to be around for two minutes. Yeah. And then he's going to start running for the presidency. And that's all this is. He's actually not campaigning against Charlie. He's campaigning against Biden. And by the way, they keep talking about the economy, which we should absolutely talk about as right. much as anything else, including one was right to choose. We should absolutely talk about the economy. People are hurting. And in Florida, it's worse. It is our inflation rate is 3% higher than the rest of the country. And that gap is widening as we speak. They just keep avoiding that conversation. The reality is that if Joe Biden owns the global, the American recession, the American inflation, then DeSantis totally owns Florida's. Yes. He's not called a special session to deal with any things that are actually affecting us. He called a special session and dealt with Disney being too woke. Yes. And... As Pete Buttigieg said today, and I loved it, he's like, all these Republicans are blaming us for all of this, but let me hear three ways that they're going to fight inflation. Actually, just let me hear one. one. Yeah. One. DeSantis, as the governor of our state, where we have a higher inflation rate than the rest of the country, has not come up with one creative solution in our own state. And it is a very real problem. The fact that our, our housing insurance rates have more than quadrupled since Ron DeSantis yes. was elected four years ago. More than quadrupled. And that's something that could be addressed in special session with our legislature, but they just won't do it. Special interest paid under the table. I don't know. Maybe they just don't give a crap, but they're not dealing with the things that actually affect Floridians. Yeah, Inflation, higher energy costs. Here's a new one. They're too busy punching minorities. And not giving a damn. So the Florida unemployment rate, which is what he keeps touting, right? Checks about our budget surplus. Okay, cool. If we have a budget surplus, let's spend some of that money making Floridians' lives better other than $1,000 bonuses that will maybe get somebody, I don't know, a month's worth of groceries. And what is that going to do? What good is any of that going to do somebody long-term? And the problem is- Florida unemployment rate is currently 
2.5%. Last month, it was 2.7%. And the 12, month, 12 months ago, is 3.9%. That sounds great. However, the Florida labor force participation rate, which is how much of our Florida workforce, not including senior citizens, not including children, how much of Florida workforce actually participating is the country's like 68%. Florida is at 59.5%. Almost 10% fewer people are actually either working or looking for work in Florida because they've given up. That's how you got a fake low unemployment rate. It's also because you can only stay on unemployment in Florida for 12 weeks. But they're not even looking for work. These people are not looking yep. for work and they're not working. They have given up on both of those. We're also heaven's waiting room. No, this is not taken into account retirement. Because <laughs> I read all of that to make sure. It does okay. not take, it's the actual workforce. People that could be, that considered non-retirement age, the actual labor workforce in Florida is 9%, 9% less of the workforce is participating than the rest of the country. Easy to have a low unemployment numbers when people aren't even bothering to show up. The unemployment website was specifically designed to crash often and be very painful to navigate to in order to keep people applying for unemployment rate low. And I still maintain that these people also are applying to jobs, but they can't apply to the state because you only get 12 weeks. So, After 12 weeks, you're off. Right. So they could be applying, but they can't get any. They're not applying. They're not looking for work. They've given up on both of those scenarios. Okay, so the debates were pretty cool. <laughs> and so they were the last attempt to reach the people in the middle ground, but it's not our last attempt. What can we do? We got two weeks. To reach out to people who could vote our way and could have their voices heard. Good bridge, friends. Okay, things happening today. Y'all know that a couple of weeks ago, there were 20 returned felons who were arrested for voting illegally. Right this moment, we're having some challenges in our local elections, and I'm not going to get too far into because we're dealing with that. Just know that the right Democrats are fighting to give everybody right to vote. Um, and we are currently already in early voting and mail ballot voting. Of course, you could have mailed your mail ballot. Now, we're getting close to the date. I'm going to tell you to stop trying to mail your ballot, and that would be this Sunday after October 31st. If you have not returned your mail ballot, please do not stick it in a mailbox walk into a supervised elections office. Let's talk about that first. Or walk into any early vote location. You can walk into any elections office. There are five or any of the 10 early voting locations in the, in the county, either one, only during hours. Elections offices are, I think, open until five. Early voting locations are open from eight until six, Monday through Friday, and eight until four on Saturday. And this Sunday and the next week, it's only Saturday. So it's 8 till 6 this week. Saturday's 8 to 4. Sunday's 8 to 4. 8 to 6 all of next week. And then next Saturday's 8 to 4. You cannot drop off your mail ballot any other time. If you're not able to drop off your mail ballot in those hours, call our office. And we will make sure somebody that has not already reached their capacity of two per person comes and collects your mail ballot and turns it in for you. And I'm going to give you that number, which I should just know off the top of my head, but I don't. So do that. We also can collect you and take you to the polls if you'd rather vote in person. Our phone number is 321-600-4855. We're really behind statewide in our mail ballot returns, which is unusual. Democrats are really voting in a mail ballot lower rate than usual. Now, I'm not saying, okay, I'm going to say. So we talked before about voters being moved to inactive voting roles. And that's a program called ERIC, which is this software program. And they use certain criteria to make you an inactive voter. 
One of them is if they've mailed something to you and it is returned to them, then they consider you an inactive voter and they cancel your mail ballot if it's in the system. So it's an inordinate increase in canceled mail ballots right now. We did a text bank with all Democrats that have mail ballots for whom we have a cell phone number and a large number were saying, I didn't get mine. My husband got his. I can go look at your mail ballot status. I can look and see if you have one issued, if it was sent to you, if it was returned already. I can see all the status of your mail ballot. And almost every time I did that, it wasn't that they'd never applied for one. It was that their mail ballot was canceled. Oh, no. And it's a real, it's a huge alarm bell for me because it just feels super shady. Yes. This is, there's no way mail was returned for you, Shelby, and not for you, Jamie. Like, it's just. We both received our mail ballots and we both surrendered them today and walked in and voted. Right. So we'll get to that. But my point is that people are having their mail ballots canceled and it just feels shady because if you're counting on a mail ballot and if you don't get it, you don't, honestly, it's hard to believe, but people don't know there's an election. Yeah. There are people that don't know there's an election. Nobody watches TV anymore, so they're not getting it there. Facebook's cut off political ads for the next two weeks, so they're just not getting it. So you can return your mail ballot. You can still mail it, postage paid, sign it twice, seal it, mail it in. If you have any questions, you can call our office or you can call the SOE themselves. If you have not received your mail ballot yet, today, Friday, is the last day you can request a mail ballot for this election. So if you're listening to this and it's Saturday, you cannot request a mail ballot for this year, so don't bother. You have to vote in person. You can vote in person through early or on election day. Now, as Shelby alluded, you can take your mail ballot with you. You cannot use it as a cheat sheet because you, which kind of makes sense. I actually agree with this one. You can't walk into a bowling, a bowling, <laughs> you can walk into a bowling booth. You can't walk into a polling booth with a ballot to fill in and a ballot filled out because you could potentially vote twice. Yes. You can walk in and surrender your mail ballot that's not filled in to your clerk there and then go vote. Yes. Or you can walk in with your mail ballot filled in and drop it off. For those of you that want to have your cheat sheet because you want to vote in person and you don't know how to do it, you can pull up our website, which is brevarddems.org slash voter guide. And right there, you've got our recommendations for everything. It was very helpful as I voted today. Really? Which part did you like the best? The judges. So I will just quickly do a run through on our judges' recommendations. We recommend not retaining any of them except from the state level, any except for Jorge Labarge, because he has actually been supportive of women's right to choose. And in the District Court of Appeals, we're saying no to all but Brian Lambert because he has been supportive. He's the only one that's not a federalist society. And then the county court judge, we're recommending, we're not endorsing, we are recommending Kimberly Musselman because Sheriff Ivey's endorsed Renee Torvey. I saw a Sheriff Ivey's endorsed Gene Trent. Talk about Gene Trent. Uh, Sheriff never endorses anybody without something coming back to him. mm. Let's be really clear. He endorses county commission candidates because they will always win. And when they lend, they will approve his budget. That's what he does. That's why he tried to get Republican Chris Hadaway out of the race. Because Republican Chris Hadaway wasn't going to yes sir him if mm. he won. And he would have won. So there's that. So if he's supporting a school board candidate, my money's on the fact that school board candidate is going to write blank checks for, because the sheriff's office is who we contract with for school resource officers. And we don't have to contract with those sheriff's office. We could go through it somewhere else. We'd have to renegotiate that contract, which I think we need to do for a whole lot of reasons. Um, but they, if he's endorsing that school board candidate, then they've already worked on an agreement that the school board candidate will always support the sheriff's 
budget again, as as any other initiative. Then he'll arm teachers. And Gene has actually said he wants, he's supporting that idea. But interesting thing about Gene Trent. So Gene Trent's always talking about himself as a teacher and his team is constantly accusing Aaron of quitting because Aaron was a teacher who left the school system during COVID and is now doing private teaching. And Gene Trent's not a teacher. He was a math teacher. Supposedly, rumor has it, his contract was not renewed twice under two different principles because he's a bad math teacher. Hmm. So now he's the testing coordinator at Cocoa Beach High School. To get hired in Brevard County Public Schools, he had to, on his application, say he had never been arrested. You work used for Brevard County Schools. There's a question, have you ever been arrested? He said, and totally slipped his mind when he was arrested twice. He wasn't convicted. But the question is not, have you ever been convicted of a crime? Have you ever been arrested? So he lied on that. They're currently investigating that. And then today we found out that the school board's investigating him for backdating tests, for taking teachers into the teacher's lounge where there are no cameras, so they would backdate some of the tests that he had been giving at his school, which is a felony. Oh, boy. And this is the guy that Wayne Ivey has endorsed for school board. This is the guy that Moms for Liberty has endorsed for school board. This is the guy that the Brevard County Republican Executive Committee has endorsed for school board. The Democrat running for school board, and we might as well say it's supposed to be nonpartisan, but everybody knows everybody is a former teacher in the school system. She was teacher of the year. She is, I've talked about her concept of building communities involving schools and businesses and parents to where it's actually a synergistic society, if you will. She's smart. She understands the budget like without any, she's just so smart and honorable and intense. And one more thing while we're on the subject of Gene Trent. I have a friend who's a reporter. He's a Republican, but he does, he has his own journalist, his own publication. And he did a story on this Gene Trent, on the lying on his application and on, oh, by the way, calling Aaron's team sent out a mailer about Gene, notifying voters that he's, his team is related with Proud Boys, which they are. Every single thing they put on there is factual and they provided the footnotes to, because that's who they are. And he, his team got really mad at Aaron's team saying, so how could you say such mean, dangerous things? Meanwhile, they're out there saying that Aaron wants to cut penises off little boys. They're saying that they actually literally called Aaron a transvestite. And you want to talk about dangerous, tell the community that somebody wants to sexually alter your children, which is what they say about Aaron. And on top of the crazy anti-drag movement, which has had to right. cancel stuff. So they... This journalist, who's a friend of mine, posted this article and got chewed out by his Republican friends at the Republican meeting. They were like yelling at him and screaming at him. How dare you? You didn't write anything about the Democrats. And he said, there's nothing to write. Hmm. So I always hear people saying there's people are liars on both sides. I hate- and I listen to that and I'm just like, I'm done with it because you show me we have 41 elected Democrats in Brevard County. Not one of them has ever been accused of of any shady deal. Incredibly accused. Not even incredibly accused. Randy Fine accuses everybody of everything. But never about anything related to their job because there isn't anything. And nothing to say. 41 elected Democrats. And we have 35 candidates running. And there is literally nothing to say about them. You know why? Because we're too busy working. Or we're too busy serving. We're too busy trying to figure out what the problems are and fix them to run around trying to create shady deals, backroom conversations. We're just trying to do the job. 
So that's my rant for the day. (laughs) So what can you do to make sure we elect the right people? It's not too late to get super involved. In fact, this is crunch time. I'm counting on you listeners to say, okay, I've been saving it for now. Our volunteer base has definitely shrunk in the last two years. The good thing about Donald Trump is he energized volunteers to get rid of him. He's gone. And so a lot of people are like, ah, it's safe. It is not safe under no. DeSantis. We are not done. And I said this two years ago. I said, electing Joe Biden isn't the finish. It's the start. Yes. So we need you to knock doors. We are still knocking doors to meet Democrats that haven't voted yet. We remind them about the election coming up on November 8th. We're doing that from now through next Thursday. And on Thursday. Is that where I get to step in? On Thursday. You can step in now. On Thursday, I wanna- November 3rd, we will start doing door hangers for every Democrat who hasn't yet voted. Every effort you do now, between now and Thursday, means that's fewer people we have to talk to. So right now, what you can do is you can join me in phone banking and getting those Democrats to mail to vote early. And then on Thursday, we'll start going out and hitting door hangers. And we don't have enough volunteers. To, I ordered 30,000 door hangers. I need a lot of people to show up. When do I get to sticky? Oh, that'll be starting Thursday, this Thursday, oh, starting today, because today's Friday. Yes. Okay, so, so today you can go in. So on Thursday, I can so go So today you should have already been stickying. Correct. Yesterday. Oh, I, bet I will be stickying. Trust me. So, but we, but more important than sticking yep. is hanging them. And that's going to start on Thursday. And it's very unique in particular. We leave door hangers that relate to your precinct to show you where you can vote. And we are doing that in Titusville. And all the school board district true in Palm Bay, two in Palm Bay and in West Melbourne. Any Democrat that hasn't voted. And I've been hearing great things about our voter guide. We did it a little differently this year. We put all of our candidates on our slate card and on our door hanger. But we did the voter guide that I referred to on our website digitally with a QR code on our door hanger. And I'm hearing such positive things from that. One thing we can change it really quickly if we like we needed to add a Rockledge referendum, we could do that. There's recommendations on there. For Palm Bay's referendums, for Palm Bay's <laughs> amendments, for Rockledge's rec- referendum, for the school board, for all of our county referendums, and for, I think that's all we have. So check it out. Yeah, the last, before primary, we did, what, six turfs in one day? Yep. Before election day. Let's do eight. Okay. I'm going to be doing every day from Thursday through Tuesday. I have to land a little early on Saturday the 5th because I'll be going to a gala for the NAACP. But we need your help, you guys. We need your help. The weather's cooler. You will not. door hangers aren't going to hang themselves. And it's one of the most important things we do. If you do run into people, and Shelby can tell you, those conversations are painless and they're so productive because then I get that person's contact information, which means our next election. Because, you know, this is not, we're not done. No matter what the results are on Tuesday, November 8th, It's all building on towards a blue future. Yeah, I'm just going to say it's all building on trying to actually save our democracy. Yeah. Because all I've seen from Florida leaders and from national Republican leaders. And from local. Yeah. Is their blatant disregard for everything that the Constitution says minus the Second Amendment. Yeah. (laughs) That's the only amendment that really counts. Yeah, not even the entire. Number two, we try harder. Even the entire Second Amendment, because they love to ignore the well-regulated part. Yeah, yeah, or militia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's still a lot you can do. Reach out to our office. Go to our website, brevarddems.org/slash/volunteer, and sign up for a shift. You'll make new friends, 
and keep the old. One is silver. Oh, no, that's Girl Scouts. <laughs> you will make new friends and you will help some really good people win an election. You can join us if you live in Central Florida. Alex Goins is having a watch party in Cocoa. And I know Aaron's going to be joining him. We didn't plan one as a county. Our candidate chairperson was going to do it and he got too busy. So he won't be doing it. So that's where we'll be. All right. So two weeks, a, people. Two weeks. And no, by the time this comes out, it's 10 days. 10 days. 10 days. 10 days. I know women that were in labor for 10 days. Not really, but it feels like it, right? 10 days is like super fast. We need you all to show up. And if you don't, I'm not going to be mad at you, but I don't want to see any ranting on Facebook. When I see those people complaining on Facebook the day after an election, I'm like, how many doors did you knock? Yeah. If you knocked the doors, you can complain about the results. If you make phone calls, if you actually helped. But if you're just going to sit around and say people didn't turn out and you didn't do anything to help remind them to turn out, it's more Vo- on you than it is on them. Voting huh? is the baseline. Yeah. So this also is the last episode of our season one. We're wrapped up a whole season. A whole season. A whole year. It's been 26 episodes. Yeah. Every yeah. other week. Yeah. And we are going to come at you with a very short recap after the election and a full episode season two starting after that so we'll catch you then thanks guys thank you so much for listening and send us an email let us know what you think share us with your friends i know that's happening and thank you jamie and thank you shelby for talking me into this fun thing all right bye bye Bye. If you got something out of this and know of anybody who cares about what we're saying here, please share. Word of mouth is everything in the grassroots game. If we're awesome, tell a friend. If we're not, tell us how to get better. This has been another episode of the Push Ahead podcast. Please reach out to us via Twitter at push underscore ahead or subscribe to our podcast in your podcatcher of choice. You can find relevant links to the stories that we're talking about in our liner notes on our website at pushaheadpod.com. The music is Super String Theory by Lobo Loco.